I'm Ronan O'Hora, Head of Advanced Performing Studies, and I'm talking to Martin Roscoe, who is a professor of piano at Guildhall and will be doing a recital in the Faculty Artist Series on the 24th of February. So, uh, welcome, Martin. Thank you. And uh, we're delighted and looking forward to the concert very much. Tell us a little about the, the programme and why you've chosen it. Uh, well, actually, to play in uh, a, a conservatoire where one teaches is quite a stressful uh, experience. I have done it before, uh, but I thought that it would be very good to, uh, A, play pieces that I feel very comfortable with and I've played for a long time, and also a, a wide range of uh, repertoire to show um, what I can do, maybe, and also um, to play some of the pieces I love most as well. Now, I think I'm playing four complete masterpieces of the repertoire. We're just starting with the Schumann scenes from childhood, the Beethoven Appassionata Sonata, and Debussy's second set of Image, which is a bit of a party piece of mine. I've played it, well, so long, I can't hardly remember how long now. And the, uh, the Funeral March Sonata of Chopin. Well, it's a wonderful program, and um, I'm interested. You you mentioned that you know to play in to play in a conservatory you teach in is, is has a particular challenge, and, has, and I think many of us who've done these recitals know know exactly what you mean. But I'm interested in your perception on of the uh, the particular um, identity, in a way, of the recital series that takes place in a in a teaching environment, as it were. That's right. I mean, uh, to my knowledge, this is the only conservatory which has uh, such a series. I mean, uh, when I worked at the Royal Northern um, briefly as head of keyboard, I decided and offered my services to give a recital as I sort of set out my credentials. But, I mean, this is an ongoing series here, and I think a very good one. I think it shows the calibre of people who are working in the, uh, um, in the conservatoire, in the Guildhall, who are also performing musicians in the outside world, uh, uh, not just professors, but people who are still doing the job at the cold face, as it were. Absolutely, and um, it's been it's been a very successful series. Uh, I think in terms of the the public reaction to it, and I've no doubt that will be that will be enhanced further on the twenty fourth of, of February. Um, it, it's interesting, actually, perhaps to talk a little about your uh, your life. You're a very a very valued and important member of the piano faculty here. You are also a very busy performer outside. And I'm interested to hear you, that it's, it's quite a juggling act, which you perform with consummate ease, but tell, tell, us about, tell us about the hard work that goes behind the juggling. Well, it doesn't feel that easy to me to do the juggling, actually. But, uh, I, I mean, I've been very fortunate with my career. That it's been a sort of slow-burning career. I've always had quite a lot of work, but uh, it hasn't started to diminish yet. And, of course, being a pianist, one... Uh, has a huge repertoire to go at, and I've I mix the sort of uh, the, the different characters of the pianist's career in the sense that I do a lot of chamber music, uh, I do a lot of solo recitals, and still quite a few concertos. Although uh, I think in my earliest days I was did a lot more concertos than I do now, and I don't think there's any particular reason for that. But uh, I've also always been a teacher, and uh, even from my earliest days uh, when leaving college. I did, as so many young pianists have to do, I think, uh, quite a lot of teaching. I always enjoyed it very much, uh, and I was very fortunate where I was living at the time in the North that I had quite a lot of good students uh, of school age who came to me, and I also started work um, at the age of 22, the tender age of 22, 
in a, uh, a conservatoire type environment at the Huddersfield Polytechnic, which had a very strong music department and still does actually, now the University of Huddersfield. So I've always mixed the roles, I've always loved teaching, I've always got a lot out of it. Um, one thing purely selfishly is that it keeps me on the ball thinking about what I'm doing, uh, both in terms of the physical job of playing the piano, but also about repertoire. I've been able to explore repertoire hugely from teaching, uh, which um, and then you know add some of these works into my own playing repertoire uh, in due course. So I found you know it's a very very uh, important part of my life, the teaching part. And now I'm here, um, the you know the standard is amazing, and I'm fortunate to be able to work with lots of very talented young pianists. Uh, but in terms of the actual logistics. Um, sometimes I find myself, um, I look at my diary for the forthcoming few weeks and think, how on earth am I going to get through all this? Uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, fortunately, I'm still enjoying all of it. I think that's probably the main thing, actually. And I'm very fortunate also, I've still got the, the stamina physically and mentally to, um, to cope with it. But always at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, it's about time you slowed down, Martin, a bit. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon, I have to say. It's a, I mean, I think also it's a wonderful reflection, isn't it, on the, the energy that music gives. I mean, I think, mm, I think almost everybody yeah. in music works crazily hard, but on the other hand, it's so different to working hard at accountancy or whatever because you are dealing with, with something creative all the time. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, I'm fortunate also that I've always had a tremendous passion for music I mean, since I was about seven years old. And, I mean, not every musician keeps that. I'm fortunate that now in my middle 50s I, I still have it. Uh, I think, you know, I, I do sometimes meet um, professional musicians who seem a bit jaded for one reason or another, and... Uh, uh, I, I'm not at that position yet. I, I mean, don't expect I ever will be. Actually. I mean, perhaps you find. I mean, I find here the the injection of youthful energy, as it were. That, that I mean, we're as you say, we're, we're once fortunate to be in an environment where you have students of a of a very serious level, and, and also you're dealing with people at a time in their life where they have that extra. Their whole life is ahead of them, and mm. and uh, I I I find one one takes an energy from the students. Human. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yes, it, it's uh, that's an important part of, of where it, it, it certainly keeps one young. I mean, yeah, you mixing with young people, uh, you, you, know, you you learn a lot about what's going on generally. I think mm. in society now, not just in the music world, and. Mm. Uh, and certainly, you know, I feel as though my outlook is kept young by my constant contact with you. Absolutely. Now, there's another string to your bow, which I haven't mentioned, as if your life isn't busy enough, but you're, you are a very busy multiple festival director as well. <laughs> so perhaps you'd like to tell us a little about... Well, at the, at the moment I run two, they are quite small festivals, but they do keep me uh, well occupied. Uh, one is the Ribble Valley International Piano Week, which is held in Lancashire, near where I used to live. And that's... Um, um, it's called a piano festival, but we do have some chamber concerts involving piano and occasional song recitals. Um, that's uh, held in the middle of July, and um, we have a concert every day for seven days, a mixture of uh, lunchtime and evening concerts. And the lunchtime concerts, uh, not exclusively, um, but I, I usually select at least two out of the three uh, are up-and-coming young pianists uh, who I've identified as people who are... Um, 
you know, have something special to say. So that that ties in with my role here. Uh, and I among whom I was going to say you've, you've given many uh, wonderful opportunities to, to Guildhall students in, in the course of that. That's right, I have. Although I, I have to say I try to be fair and if I hear someone from another conservatory it impresses me, I will invite them too. Um, the other festival I run is in late September is in Beverly in Yorkshire and it's a wonderful market town with a couple of absolutely magnificent uh, medieval churches which we use for our venues and that's a more chamber music based although we do sometimes have piano recitals as well um, and uh, yeah that, I mean they keep me busy uh, and they keep me in contact with you know other musicians pianists and string players mostly the mm. occasional wind group comes as well to Beverly mm. well, it's, I mean it's, it's a fascinating mixture and in a way you personify what one talks about as the, as the the idea of the, the the portfolio career which which musicians have these days which mm. you you know, you do this wide range of things at a high level. Um, I'm interested to you're you're ideally placed in a way to to um, talk a little on, on what what you think students are students emerging out hopefully after a very very serious and intense and and world class education and training. What what then become the most important things for them to really cr- uh, sustain a successful career in music? Yeah, I think well, there's a number of things one could say about this. Um, one is first of all never fall into a sort of tunnel vision of, you know, that playing the piano is only about concertos or winning a competition uh, or several competitions and that's the guaranteed way into a a career. Uh, You've got to be flexible, you've got to be able to work with other musicians, um, uh, instrumentalists and singers. I think you've got to certainly uh, be the sort of person who can work well with other musicians. Mm you've got to have some uh, nous, as we say in the in the north uh, for how the business works and I think it's interesting in my own case that I've always lived in the north of England and certainly when I left college I didn't have a clue what the music business was all about mm. and uh, it took me a long long time to sort of get to know it and I would urge people leaving this environment now uh, to start a little, and try and do that a little bit harder than I than I did, but I think the word networking, which is a relatively new word, um, in, is appropriate here. And I do find now that uh, I have a lot of I have almost unintentionally done a lot of networking, um, and I don't think living in the north of England has been a disadvantage at all. In some ways, it's been a huge advantage to me actually to be keeping busy. Mm. Um, so, so there's that. I, I think don't scorn teaching, even teaching at a basic level. Uh, I mean, I was never much good at beginners, I have to say, and I found that, and still do think it's actually the hardest mm. thing a piano teacher has to tackle. Mm. Um, and, uh, but I, I think you can still learn a lot from doing that. Don't uh, turn down teaching opportunities. And, and anyway, you know, you probably need to teach in order to earn a living when you, when you leave a, an environment like this. The most important thing of all is don't give up. I think it's very easy to, you know, I I can think of one very talented pianist who, um, when he was a student just leaving the Royal Northern, said to me, uh, age 22, well, if I don't uh, get some dates playing concertos with professional orchestras in a year or so, I think I'll give up and go and work in a bank. Mm. I have to say that that pianist is still not working in a bank. Uh, well, <laughs> so, uh, actually, has a um, quite a successful uh, career, uh, but um, that's the sort of attitude which I think 
that you you must avoid at all costs. And I think I think thirty may be the sort of age where it's crucial to sort of take stock and say at that point, well, no, I'm not going to give up yet. I've got to, I've made these contacts. I've still got these concerts. I'm getting to know people who are managers, who people who are in the business, and other musicians, string players. Look at the positive side. Try and take it from there, because the although competition is huge, and there's a huge amount of talent, I still think um, it's possible to to uh, make a career doing the thing you love most, uh, in, well into your middle thirties and beyond. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a very it's a very interesting point, and I mean. It, I think it relates to a lot of the, the the things we have to constantly think about in Guildford. One, you you mentioned you know when you came out of college, as it were, not knowing a great deal about the profession, and I think that that would be everyone of of our generation and, mm. and before would have that similar uh, similar perception that that the the conservatoires and the profession tended to be very much two different worlds, and and. Uh, I mean, in a way, the, the the life that both you and I have, I'm obviously uh, far more centrally rooted in, in in Guildhall than you. But having having a a, a performing life still outside, it, those things would would generally not have happened in those days. And no, I, I think, I think it, was, right. it was a sort of different culture where there tended to be a, a certain amount of. Of, of of fear and suspicion on both sides at times. I think, and yeah. and it, it is it, it's interesting. I think because uh, I mean Guildhall, we we try to work very hard on preparing the students outside. But I think it's an area you can never be complacent about, particularly now because the profession changes at a rate, um, which is which is absolutely continuous. And and it seems to me, I interested your thoughts that as a as a young musician these days you create your own career in your own image far more than was necessarily yes. the case when you and I started uh, uh, yes I mean I regard myself as being very lucky and fortunate in that things seem to progress almost in spite of my own uh, uh, I mean I was never personally ambitious to be you know to have a career I just knew I loved music people seemed to enjoy me hearing me play the piano and one thing led to another so Absolutely. i mean but I, that was very fortunate and i don't think you can necessarily you know bank on that happening now mm. um, one other thing that is worth saying of course is that if you do feel you have a particular i mean i've always regarded myself as an all-rounder you know i've always played uh, a very very broad repertoire i've never really specialized in any particular part of it but if you do feel very strongly that you identify very closely with a particular part of the repertoire, maybe contemporary music or you know the, the romantics or the byways of the romantic repertoire, and you can do something really individual and special there, then sort of latch on to that, because I think that can actually be very helpful. Absolutely. It's, it's good, always good for students to know that you know, the whole world can't simply play the Tchaikovsky concerto, as, yeah. uh, the, the, <laughs> and, and, and the piano repertoire is, yeah. is so huge. I mean, it, going back to your point that one of the things... For, for a pianist, I think particularly enjoyable about teaching is that the piano repertoire is unencompassable. E- even for you, who have a vast repertoire among pianists, but, but one can't get to everything. And, That's and, right. But I mean, I, even yesterday, I had a student here who's uh, giving. A, I was giving a lesson to a student who's um, only been here since the start of this academic year. He's a postgraduate, come from the Birmingham Conservatoire, and he played to me uh, part of the Leonard Bernstein Age of Anxiety and mm. Ned Roram's 
I think it's the second sonata, <clears throat> neither of which one, I One knew. doesn't hear every day. <laughs> I, I didn't know either piece. Oh. I, I mean, I find that um, a particularly uh, exciting challenge. Oh. I always love it when somebody comes and, and plays something I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, it really sparks my concentration. Uh, well, it's, it's, also, it's all part of the side of uh, <laughs> the teaching, that, you know, the, the area of teaching that can keep one young, as it were, the con- mm. constant you know, freshness of, of new encounters, new people and new repertoire. Is. Yeah. But finally, Martin, just yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, and, and I promise you I'm not asking for a sales plug here. On, you've you've, you've uh, been in eminent positions in in many of the Britain's leading conservatoires. And I'm interested in your thoughts um, just just on, on how you found it in, in Guildhall, as, as, as opposed to the others, not, 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 in a, not in a sense of being better or worse, but just how you find the, the environment different here. Different. Um, well, I, I do think there's a, a tremendous buzz about the place, actually, and I've, I've always felt that ever since I've been coming in. Uh, it might be partly to do with the fact that it's a relatively small building, mm-hmm. uh, but when um, when you're in, there's, there's an energy and there's people are sort of moving around at a fairly brisk rate. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems pretty happy to me. I mean, obviously not everybody is, and I, I you know, I've had some students who've had problems one way or another. Um, I mean, the standard, I have to say, in the keyboard department is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, I give performance classes or if I'm asked to sell examination panels, then I hear the students of other professors who, you know, I hear lots of really amazing playing. I mean, I would say that, um, you know, that there are other London conservatoires which have pretty much a similar standard mm. um, that, to that. The building itself, it may not be the prettiest. I think we we can agree on that. (laughs) But I I certainly think that uh, most of the rooms that I get allocated uh, certainly have one thing which I've not noticed in certainly one of the other London Conservatoires, and that is you can actually hear what's going on in the room. Yeah, it's a a good point. It's a fair point, because because within the building we, we, we sometimes... Uh, we, we sometimes complain at times, but actually the best parts of the building are the are the, the teaching parts in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I understand the street students' frustration with lack of practicing facilities, and I, I mean, and also because of the uh, the accommodation problems, sometimes I'm not always in in the best rooms. But that's mainly, I have to say, because my teaching timetable tends to be uh, a much more has to be because of my performing career. I can't sort of pin myself down and say, well, I'm, I'm going to come in on Thursday and Friday. It's different days each time. So I, I can't sort of identify one room for the whole term like some professors are able to do. Mm. Uh, but, um, I mean, there are lots of very, very good pianos, and you're very fortunate in having one of the top piano technicians also here. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, I mean, we, 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 your, 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 your kind comments about the, the standard, uh, I think we're very aware that the... The standard of any conservatoire is dictated by two key things more than anything else, the level of its students and the level of its faculty. And uh, we're very, very pleased indeed that you are such an integral part of the faculty here because that is a very key part of, well, of why the standards are as they are. And so uh, thank you very, very much indeed for this chat, Martin. And I'm looking forward enormously to the recital on the 24th of February and would urge everyone to attend. It will be a wonderful evening. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to talk.